1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing tonight? Uh, we've had our 24-hour cool
0: down, so, um, you know... Uh... I guess I, I guess the the rage and sorrow that we all inevitably felt after that Bucks lost in L. A. last night uh, has had a chance to dissipate. So so now we're just back at you know normal sort of stewing Bucks fan uh, levels. <laughs> um, so uh, so so yeah, you know all, system normal. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I you know it's funny, th- and this is really what it means to be a Bucks fan. I think. I've been a Bucks fan since, you know, let's say 1992. That's when my, my family first got season tickets, still season ticket holders to this day. And every game, every game I look forward to. Every game I somehow summon, maybe maybe <laughs> not, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say optimism, but I want to see what happens in the next game. You know, like like the idea of just and I know we like half jokingly talk about fast forward on the season, Um, but obviously, you know, we still watch all the games, obviously. I mean, yeah, we're not going to podcast about a team if we don't watch the games. And to be honest, like. I, I would have no interest in talking or thinking about the Bucks if I just stopped watching the games. Period. You know, like I, I mean, yeah. There's, there's just it's hard to have a basis of, to to or a feeling like you want to talk about a team if you just have no interest in watching their games because it's kind of what the sport is about. Um. Yeah. And and look, I know. I mean, I know a lot of people are not going to watch every game. Or, you know, they're going <laughs> to choose their battles, maybe. But for our they will listen people every like podcast,
1: us, which is nice. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they won't watch every game, but they'll listen every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but but yeah, I mean like am I going to, you know, continuously check my Twitter feed and you know, wade into that stuff um <laughs> and then not actually watch basketball games? It's like, no, I mean I'm I'm not gonna put myself through that unless I'm actually gonna watch basketball and actually feeling like I'm maybe learning something about, you know, what what is on this roster and where it's going or whatever. But yeah, you um, don't take the torture yeah, not to
1: get the reward. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like the even yeah. even though Bucks basketball might not be a reward right now, like that's the cool part, like actually watching yeah. basketball. That's, I mean, that's yeah. why we do this podcast because we enjoy watching NBA basketball.
0: Well, and I mean, it's like look, I, I have watched so much horrendous basketball in the last You're two plus decades
1: at this point.
0: Like, I mean, we su- we we finally have you know year two of Giannis All Star starter, year one of sort of like supernova like megastar Giannis, like I'm going to stop watching now just because they're barely <laughs> over 500. Like, no, like I, I've, I've been thirsty for somebody like Giannis being on my team forever. Um, and, and he alone makes, you know, the games worth, worth checking out. And again, you know, whatever, we know that there's going to be changes forthcoming. So, I, I mean, can you imagine how bad, I, I don't even know what it would, be. I mean, could, c- it be even tenable, It'd be like the GIF uh, from Community where Donald Glover shows up with the pizzas in the room and everything's on fire, and then he just turns around and runs away. You know that GIF yep. that that people sometimes use. Um, and I feel like the definition of bad podcasting slash bad radio is describing GIFs, but um, but I just did that. Uh, but that that's what I mean. That's kind of what it was like um, when you know during the certainly the latter days of the Jason Kidd era. Um, but can you imagine if Jason Kidd was still the head coach of this team? How much just
1: self-loathing so and oh my just,
0: god uh, so much angst yeah i mean and i'm not saying it wouldn't be justified yeah but uh but that that would suck so anyway um so yeah Giannis. we we have Giannis, um and we have a TNT game on on Thursday night against the golden state warriors or the current version of the golden state warriors which uh unfortunately the version that has been losing games left and right uh of late is going to get a major upgrade with uh, Kevin Durant and most likely Draymond Green returning to the lineup. Um, But still a very weakened Golden State Warrior lineup with uh, the two, arguably the two greatest shooters in NBA history (laughs) not playing, which um, I guess, well, here, let me start with a question. If you were going to take away two of the Warriors' top four, who would it be? hmm like if you if you wanted to win a bat let's you're the milwaukee bucks you want to win a basketball game and you get to say two of these guys sit again like not not cheering for injuries but just let's just say you know you can tap two of these guys and say you don't have to play against them which two warriors would you want to to not face uh in order to beat them if you are the milwaukee
1: bucks it's curry for sure that one, yeah. I, I think that's that's no doubter. The second guy is where this becomes more difficult. Um, man, that's tough. Because in my mind, I'm sort of trying to balance um, just Kevin Durant being a cheat code as a scorer. I'm trying to balance Clay Thompson just bombing away from three. And I'm also trying to balance Draymond giving them an edge and then also being that... That playmaker in the middle, like where they do run a pick and roll and then he gets that touch and then he's the guy that makes that decision when it's an odd man advantage. Like that all of those things could kill you on any given night. Um but I feel like oh, I think it's Durant. It's probably Curry and Durant. Those those would be yeah. the two that I would go with. Just because Durant is such a a singular, brilliant talent. That if I can take him and Curry off the floor, I would feel I would feel best about my chances on that night. I don't know still if I would feel uh, great just because Clay Thompson's liable to hit eighteen threes. Like not that's a little much, but he, he's liable to go off at any moment, especially against this Bucks team who struggles to cover the three point line and the movement of the Golden State Warriors. So I think those would be my two. Where, are you, is that where you would go? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and again, I think Steph would be the first one. And, and I think it's, you know, not just a boxing, but just generally, um, you know, the numbers also bear that out. I mean, the 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 Warriors have, you know, if you look at the on off numbers and I don't think this is necessarily anything new. Um, Steph is the guy that that sort of stirs the drink, at least when you look at the statistics. And I think also just from a practical standpoint, I mean, the ball starts in his hands usually. And again, as we always say, he changes the geometry of the court in a way that no other player in NBA history has really, right? I mean, you, you know, if you want to talk about who has most changed the geometry of how defenses have to play, I guess it'd be like Wilt Chamberlain, one, and then Steph Curry, two. I don't think I'm exaggerating, to be honest, hmm. um, just because you have to mark him from so far out. And your pick-and-roll coverage yeah. has to be so singularly focused on stopping him or at least limiting him and, and you know, what he can do. So, yeah, Steph um, out, uh, according to Steve 4 through the first round of the playoffs with a uh, sprained MCL. Um, I believe it's a slightly more serious version of the injury that he missed a couple weeks with uh, Into the, going into the playoffs a couple years back when they, they did survive without him. And then he came back and they beat the, the Blazers with, uh, with him coming back. But again, that was the, that was a year, I guess, that uh, they lost to Cleveland. And so there was always that sort of like, well, well Steph wasn't 100%, and, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting situation. Uh, Durant's coming back from a rib injury. Uh, you know, again, is he going to be at all limited? I mean, no, I don't think there's been any talk of him having a minutes restriction or anything like that. But, um, you know, you can only hope if you're the box that he maybe is a little rusty coming back from that layoff. Um and Draymond was uh, I think he's probably probable with uh, having flu like symptoms so who knows what what exactly that means but you know again I I'm I'm sure Draymond can play does maybe you know five percent less energy if he's sick uh, take away some of his edge who knows right yeah. um but uh, it'll be interesting to see, and and it's a huge deal because you know it's it's interesting um you know we just saw the San Antonio Spurs uh. Lose to the Bucs for a second time this year. So not that the Spurs have really done much to impress you as a Bucs fan this season, but the Spurs just kind of chug along. They've got Lamarcus Aldridge, obviously. They've got, you know, some other you know pieces, uh, but they're missing Kawhi Leonard and
1: now Lamarcus chug. is out too.
0: Oh, is he? Well, I'm just saying in general this year. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, they they've been kind of chugging along, and it's and it's kind of interesting because like Pop obviously is sort of you know, arguably the, I mean, I would say if you, if you, who, who is the best coach in basketball, I'll go, I'll go pop, you know, I'm I'm not going to really hesitate. Um, but you know, Steve Kerr is another guy that obviously gets talked about as, as one of the elite coaches. Um, but the Warriors without their stars of late, and I mean, they've been playing some games without all four of their stars. So it's not just, you know, two or three of them out. It's, it's all four. Um, they have looked like a terrible basketball team and it's kind of interesting. You kind of wonder, like, is is Kerr maybe more of a like like Phil Jackson type, where he's not going to take a like meh team and really coach them up into something a lot more than they are. But Ooh, if that you might give be a him, little bit hotter if, than
1: I would like, Frank.
0: If, if you give him stars, he has such a great command of you know talent, um, kind of like Phil Jackson. Obviously, the irony, of course, is that Steve Kerr was a disciple of both Phil and Pop. Uh, having played for both, having won championships under both? So it's sort of an interesting question. I mean, again, I don't know. Um, I mean, you look at the the, the lineups that he's been uh, trotting out there, yeah. and again, uh, they've lost three of four, uh, four of six, and I think even when they had another two out of three straight before that. So, I mean, they've lost a ton of games of late, um, but again, without really any of their starters. And, and this is really... The challenge, too, because four guys, I mean, look, you know, this was part of the story a couple years ago. You can't afford to have a rich bench if you have, you know, four guys who are, you know, max players. and Again, their contracts are were signed at different times. so They're sort of different vintages, and they're not all the same. But um, you have four extremely highly paid guys. You have to kind of cut corners elsewhere. And, you know, the starting lineup the other night was uh, Quinn Cook, who, for the record, I don't know if we talked about him. I remember he got waved a couple of times uh, in the offseason, maybe at the end of training camp. I always was – he was one of the random – I was like, I'll take Quinn Cook. And, I mean, he's averaging 18 points and six assists over the last five games. Um, you know, he's actually played played well. You know, he's put yeah. up numbers. Uh, you know, if the Warriors want to swap Brandon Jennings for, for uh, I'll happily do that. I know there's, there are no trades allowed right now, but, um, but Quinn Cook's been actually a pretty, pretty nice little find for them Um, playing alongside Patrick McCaw, who, um, you know, to the relief of Bucks fans after the Bucks sold that pick to the Warriors, uh, Patrick McCaw has been really bad this year. So uh, again, who knows what kind of he becomes, but uh, he has not been good this year. Uh, Nick Young, who, I don't know. I don't really know why it's so weird to me that the Warriors signed Nick Young. It seemed like, I don't know, maybe Bob Myers was kind of, uh, feeling
1: himself. That's a heat check. Feeling himself. That's a, yeah. that's a swaggy pee, 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 pee heat check. check. That's it's a swaggy
0: P heat check. Uh, uh, I mean, Nick Young is, is shooting 38% from three this year. So, I mean, he's been, been fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Nick Young, Jordan Bell and Zaza Pachulia. So instead of Jordan Bell and these small lineups, dynamic center type, he's been playing with Zaza Pachulia. Um, and again, the, the fortunate thing is you still have David Wesson and, and Iggy coming off your bench. Um, but yeah, this is a, I mean, this is, and then Livingston. Um, but, but this is a team that, I mean, that, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's a tank, that's a tank starting five. I mean, yeah. a lot of tanking teams have better starting fives than what the Warriors have been going with. So, um, in any case, kind of interesting, and, and I guess we'll see. You throw Durant back into the mix, obviously that really changes the complexion. You throw Draymond back in there, that, that changes the complexion. Um, but by the same token, I mean, you know, especially after getting exhausted watching the, the Clippers just nail a bunch of open three-pointers, in particular from the corners, seven out of 13 from the corners. Tobias Harris talked about the Bucks being vulnerable to that, which they haven't been as bad this year at defending that, but yep. they've generally been bad. Um yeah, it, it, let's just say I'm I'm not going to miss uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson reigning threes uh, on the Bucks on Thursday night. But again, it's it's a really interesting game because even with Durant and, and Draymond back, I mean this, this is I mean the, the the probability of beating the Warriors is way higher this time around than it might otherwise be. And again, I mean, do I trust the Bucs to win? Of course, no. Not. I mean I don't think they should be favored on the road with Durant and, and Green back in the lineup, but I don't know. They have a chance, you know, if, if things kinda of break right. And um again, you kinda of hope that Durant Draymond maybe are a little bit rusty and, and that maybe the Bucks can summon uh, maybe better execution, especially in the fourth quarter, compared to what they did in LA. But um, certainly, a similar effort would would probably be a welcome thing.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think with going into this game, you just have to obviously kind of fear the Warriors because they are who they are. Um, but there's there's certainly, I think, enough evidence at this point to remind you that this isn't the Warriors team of years past. Because you think of some of those other teams where you would just bring in the bench unit and the bench unit would still be, you know, quite good. Um, they, they, they have a bunch of dudes out. And right now, just because they, their contracts are so top heavy that they just can't have that same type of depth. And, you know, you got to take some flyers on guys and hope that they work out and you just don't really know how that'll go. Um, and uh, I thought you mentioned Swaggy P. I mean, taking a, a swing on JaVale McGee as well. Like again, it, it, it's had its moments this year but also maybe not always going to be great for uh, a team's bench and all that so uh, there, there's certainly some some weak points with this roster I think there's a chance for this Bucks team to steal one as you said is it a good chance no probably not um, but there is at least some chance of winning this one while if all four of those guys are healthy I don't think I don't think we're even mentioning a chance. We might even be moving on to previewing the Lakers game. Uh, just because, well, that, that that's just not gonna happen, uh, with the way that both of these teams play. And uh, I thought what you brought up with Kerr is interesting to me just because, uh, man, uh, I don't I don't know that you would have systems in place to uh, play through um, the players that would be there with those four starters out but at the same time uh, they didn't they didn't look particularly good uh, but I, I, don't, I don't know it's always I think it's always tough with coaches um, and it's always something that I kind of kind of talk about is that I'm impressed when when coaches win with crappy guys I'm even more impressed when guys when when a coach is able to coach superstars, coach really talented players, and get them all to work together and work for multiple years. Like, all of that can happen in one year. And But if, if you can keep that together going forward, I think you're a super impressive coach. So, like, before this year, I know I always kind of questioned some of the stuff with Brad Stevens. Like, I don't know if he has a true superstar. Like, I, undoubtedly great with X's and O's and great at getting guys to play hard, but can he coach superstar types? And and Kyrie was kind of that type, so that kind of dissuaded me from some of those uh, reservations that I had about Brad Stevens. But I, I think that's always kind of the question with coaches is, can you also, how many different types of teams can you coach? Like, that's why I think Eric Spolstra is so impressive because he's able to, coach up a team of tryhards he was able to coach the best team in the league with the most talent in the league like he's been on pretty much all parts of that spectrum and he's found ways to win Uh, so i always think that those situational things are always fascinating to me when you're talking about coaching because you're trying to figure out exactly what that coach does well and and maybe he can only be uh used and he can only be effective in certain scenarios and i mean you even think of what like scott skiles he's kind of the the inverse of steve kerr where <laughs> give him a crap team and that team is going to be damn near 500 like it's just going to happen because he's going to coach him up he's going to find some dudes that are willing to work hard and they'll probably be fine like they'll be good defensively they'll be fine offensively and they'll find a way to scrape through and get to 500 if you give him some more talent well maybe that's not going to go as well cuz they don't like Scott Skiles yelling at them every single night to defend on the or to defend a pick and roll or to make sure that rotation is made and they don't like getting benched and, and playing those politics games with Scott Skiles. So I always think it's interesting, like like you said, with coaches to kind of think through uh, those situations. And you're kind of seeing one of those with Kerr right now. But, yeah, looking at that team, obviously I think everyone has watched enough uh warriors basketball at this point to know kind of how they play you're going to see some split cuts which i adore um you're going to see some dribble handoffs you're going to see a lot of ball movement you're going to see a lot of player movement and that's that's going to kind of kind of be what they are so um it'll be interesting to watch um anything else you want to talk about that warriors game otherwise i can move us to the other topic that we're going to talk about tonight
0: no um I I don't again it it's it's going to be really interesting to see how the Bucks come out um and you know can they I, I don't know I am I'm, I'm just I, I, again like you just I, you don't know what to expect from the Bucks you know um and and maybe I'm being maybe that's even optimistic to say that you don't know what to expect maybe I'm maybe that's the 25 year can't quit this team uh in me saying that right um because uh we, we kind of have known what to expect from them of the late. I mean, the aberration was the, the Spurs game where they actually came out well. Um, but again, time is really running short. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, just sort of the, the rest of sort of the season and the playoff odds and things like that. Um, because, I mean, time is, is very much running short and, uh, you know, eight games left. Uh, uh, no time like the present to, you know, if you don't win the next game, you, you only have a few more left to, to make it up.
1: Okay, so before we go there, um, I think maybe the proudest moment in Lockdown Bucks history occurred earlier in the episode when you said GIF. Um, because if you'd have said GIF, I think I probably would have hung up on you and ended the show. It would have um, been the end. It would have been, been over. So I'm happy we've crossed that bridge uh, and you actually did that. And then one other thing that you had mentioned was kind of uh, just with watching this Bucks team and kind of like going back to it and not being totally done with it. And then, you know, we kind of touched on Prunty and Kidd. And I, I think if Jason Kidd was still there, I think it, this season would, would have gotten tougher and tougher to watch because it, there would have been, at least just in the back of your mind, some thought like, oh, are they really going to keep this guy? Like, is he really going to stick around? Uh, and that would have made watching this – this defensive scheme and this offensive scheme that much more painful just because there would have been, even if we thought it was a slim threat of him coming back the next season, there would have just been that, that threat. And I guess watching this Bucks team, I, I keep, obviously during games, I'm following along, I'm tweeting stuff out and people are tweeting at me and they'll be like, Oh, why don't they change this defensive scheme and everything? Uh, they they keep making the same mistakes, and like in my head, it's like, yeah, I really wish they wouldn't do that, and obviously, I sarcastically attacked all of those things last night on the podcast, but at the same time, as I'm watching the game, it's just like, okay, that won't happen next year, and maybe it will. Like, It very well could happen. There, there could be a coach that comes in and draws up terrible offensive and defensive schemes, uh, but at the same time, in my brain, it's just like, okay, like yeah, I don't have a fast-forward button, but I know that it'll be over at some point. I think I I know there is a definite end to this season and probably to these schemes. And, uh, unless the bucks go on a miracle finals run, which I would be totally fine with. I would love to cover an NBA finals. (laughs) Um, like unless that happens, Joe Prunty is probably not coming back as coach next year, so like I, I just kind of have that in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, this this does suck watching the the same thing happen in all these games, but also, it's gonna end. So that 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 kind of gives me at least there's a light there at the end of the tunnel. Like before, you know, you were just driving in the tunnel and it was like, okay, am I ever getting out of this tunnel? Now I can see the light. It it, it exists. It's not a mirage. It exists uh, at the end of this tunnel. So I, I always I always feel like that also helps. Me somewhat keep my sanity during games i don't know if that'll be the same for anyone else, but uh the other thing we wanted to talk about tonight was just kind of what the schedule looks like and uh what other team schedules looks like and kind of how you're looking at the the bottom of the eastern conference and how how you would or the bottom of the eastern conference playoffs excuse me and how you would try to v- imagine exactly where the the seeds would end up and I mean ultimately it feels like no matter kind of what happens this is the 8th seeded Milwaukee Bucks right
0: yeah and and we talked about you know the odds being like 62% or something like that um you know yesterday going into the game that the Bucks would be the 8th seed and something like 24% that they'd get up to the 7th seed um and I think that jumped to over 80% uh after the loss in LA and again not that the Clippers are some easily beaten team and you know, the models were expecting them to win, but you know, there was a chance that they could win. I mean, again, they have the same record going to that game as a road game, but, um, you know, to, if you want to swing the odds, you have to win a a, a game that you're not expected to win. Right. You know, if you're a long shot to do something, then you got to prove that you're not, you know, a long shot. And, um, so again, unfortunately, um, yeah, I'll say this. Um, I'm I'm debating whether or not I should say pending a loss uh, in Golden State, but but I'll just say it. I, the Bucks are going to be the eight seed. That is my that's my You're prediction. There. I'm 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 willing to throw in the top. I mean, uh, again, happy happy to be proven wrong. Um, but I I just I don't see it. You know, I was looking at just the the different teams that uh you know that are in the mix here for for the playoffs and and who's playing you know what what opponents and you know again the heat have uh certainly uh, uh you know i i would if i'm the bucks i would happily swap uh <laughs> swap uh, swap uh schedules with the heat i mean they they just beat the Cavs i mean that was a huge one and that, that's also a big part yeah. of it right the Cavs uh, got throttled in miami Yesterday, paired with the Bucks losing, um, that was obviously a big reason that the the odds shifted so much, and and you know the Heat kind of moved into the driver's seat again. I mean, they they both have thirty five losses. I think the Heat are at forty wins, Bucks thirty nine. Um, so they're even in the loss department, but the Heat have the tiebreaker. Uh, and again, you look at their schedule coming up; they have their next three home games: Bulls, Nets, and Hawks. It ain't bad. Then they, then they play in Atlanta, in New York. So basically, they're playing five straight games against tanking teams. And then they get at least some challenge to end the season. They host the Thunder on April 9th in a game that certainly the Thunder, you're expecting the Thunder, will have everything to play for. And then uh, the last game of the season, uh, April 11th, they host the Raptors. And again, well, Raptors are really tough. This, I mean, if that game was happening tomorrow, then I'd say that's probably a loss. But again, the Raptors by you know every expectation you're going to have everything locked up by then so that's probably going to be like you know the baby raptors the raptors 905 G League team um that's yeah. that's probably not going to be you know DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry playing 35 minutes uh and and even on top of that I mean yes I know the you know I know the raptors have a great bench and you know they may be pluckier than the, the most teams but if the heat have anything to play for you'd certainly expect them in that game so the heat have just basically you know this cream puff schedule and I don't know maybe Washington might be a little bit more uh a little bit more um you know susceptible to to a letdown. There's is pretty uh, you know, easy too.
1: They got uh, remain on the schedule Atlanta uh Atlanta Orlando Chicago Charlotte and Detroit and then their three tough ones are Rockets uh, Celtics and Cavs. Like, uh. yeah that I mean, that's certainly more difficult than the heat, but it's easier than the bucks. <laughs> like, uh, it that it's just tough, like, and. It also hurts that the Bucks are two games back of the Wizards as well. And yeah. uh you can add another game not gonna have because the they break. don't have the tiebreaker. Yeah, so the tie break. Yeah, uh tie break. technically three games back. So uh, there just doesn't to me, I mean I, I don't really know how it would happen. One of those two teams would kind of have to uh just really fall off and and stop playing quite as well um and i mean the wizards are five and five in their last 10 like the bucks and the heat are six and four in their last 10 so a little bit better but i i just can't i mean you never want to lose positivity positivity or hope or anything like that so i think you can still have some hope that it'll occur that the bucks won't be the ace seed. but i don't think the odds would be in your favor in in imagining the bucks getting out of that role
0: yeah, and uh, you know, again, eighth seed. I mean, you know, it's kind of sad. The, you're you're going to close out, you know, the the building <laughs> that Herb Cole sort of built by finishing in the eighth seed, and you know, being massive long shots against a Raptors team that you know you you lost to last year, and now is is better. Um, or maybe not. I, I,
1: I was going to say our good friend Corey Glore, who uh, also used to brew hoop it up with us. Um, I think Corey still does some stuff from Brew Hoop with, or at Brew Hoop from time to time. We do not anymore. Um, but he said, What hasn't been discussed enough is the Bucks being the eighth, eighth seed and being swept at home is the most perfect end to the Bradley Center. And it was like, <sighs> Yep. Harsh. Harsh, yep. dude. Yep. Uh yeah, hope, and hopefully it's not uh
0: OG Ananobi and Norm Powell uh erstwhile guys the Bucks, the pick yeah. with Bucks draft picks uh doing the damage. But um but yeah, I mean this, you know, again, like the certainly right now, um this team is obviously headed in the direction to uh to to not really build on last season. But
1: the only positive you know, again, thing though is the Raptors look to be the one seed, so you get a game one win, which is nice.
0: you know you know you know the bucks are screwed if they lose game one which uh is is um, i mean it has to happen at some point that the Raptors win win a, a game one um but but yeah so anyway um have we have we been sufficiently depressing at this point um uh, probably uh, Ooh, let's, let's do something I, I
1: not depressing after the game last night uh our friend at espn nick Friedell, asked uh Giannis about 60 minutes did you see his interview at all after the game no i did not okay so he asked about 60 minutes and uh he said like, something to the effect of like uh, what did you think of it? And Giannis said, oh, you know, it was very well done. And I was I was just happy for, for them to do it. And, you know, it was cool that they got to show, like, my childhood and stuff. And when they said, like, they wanted to tell a story about me, like, I made sure, like, hey, like, you need to talk about my family and kind of where I'm from and, and do all that. And then Nick asked, like, did you have any idea what 60 Minutes was? And <laughs> Giannis is like actually no no I didn't I had no idea what it was uh but he's like my agents explained it to me they said the last player that did it was LeBron James so I was like okay let's do it um and it was just like uh, it was again just another you know kind of perfect Giannis not knowing the world that he is a part of and I just just how naive he is and innocent and it was just like you know what that's that's the perfect way for Giannis to talk about his 60 Minutes feature. Yeah, and
0: uh, again, check it out. If you if you if you still haven't seen it, um, again, you can check it out on the CBS website. I think it's I don't know if it's CBSNews.com, but just Google Giannis 60 Minutes and or check the Bucks Twitter feed. Uh, I feel like it's been tweeted out a bunch, um, so definitely worth your. Your 14 minutes. Um, or find any that's of all your
1: friends that are also Bucks fans, and it's probably on their Twitter feed. Like, uh, yeah, I would yeah. assume. Hopefully, uh, I would be shocked if someone hadn't seen it at this point. But that's okay. If so, you know, go get that done. And if you haven't seen it yet, maybe save it for the Warriors game, and that can be your pick me up as you watch the Bucks play them. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Locked On Bucks. We will talk to you after the Warriors game.